You're listening to the Warrior Priest Podcast. And this is the Warrior Priest Podcast, midweek debrief number 38. And I'm the Warrior Priest, Donovan Riley. In the Hava Mall, number 15, it reads, A noble man should be silent, thoughtful, and bold in battle. I wanted to reflect on this today for the midweek debrief and to draw upon an image from Norse mythology, from Scandinavian culture. It's an image that I grew up with growing up in northeastern Minnesota. That is the difference between a fire built with oak logs and a fire built with pine logs. A fire built with oak tinder and a fire built with pine needles because I think it's a powerful image to reflect upon considering where we are at as a society as of October 21st, 2020. So to begin with then faith, for example, what is faith? Faith in the classical Greek definition means to trust. It means that one is proven him or herself, worthy of trust. So in order to inspire, to stir up, to create faith, one must first be faithful, must establish that they are trustworthy. So when we discuss faith, then it's not necessarily you need to believe in something in order to have any meaning for your life, in order to establish an identity for yourself, that it's not something that originates wholly inside of each individual. You have to choose to believe or not. If we go with a more classical example, a longer tradition in Western history, faith is drawn out of us by the other, by the one who inspires faith by proving their trustworthiness to us. In fact, it's the hallmark of God that at least my God proves himself to be faithful, loving, and kind, proves himself good, proves that he is trustworthy, and therefore he is trustable, that God draws faith out of us rather than waiting for us to be inspired and to believe that there's a God. But likewise, then, with all people, how often do we draw inspiration from others? who prove to us that they are trustworthy, they are worthy of our faith, because they themselves are faithful. We could think of this as we've been reading the Hagakure on Sundays, loyalty. What is loyalty? It is my devotion to another person that proves to that other person that I am a loyal companion, that I am committed to them, and therefore they can trust me. So faith then should be more like an oak log fire than a pine wood fire. Pine will burn, but it burns hot and fast. Oak will burn hot, but it doesn't burn fast because it's a harder wood. Faith can feel an awful lot. Growing to trust someone, having that pulled out of you, can feel a lot like falling in love. It doesn't happen necessarily all at one time. I don't necessarily believe in love at first sight, but I do know for a fact that when I saw my 
wife, the woman that would become my wife, when I first saw her at first glance, I knew for certain that I was going to marry her. In fact, that was the first thought I had when I saw her. She came through the door. And when I looked up and I saw her, my first thought was, I'm going to marry that girl. That was my first emotion. I'm going to marry her. And then I had to figure out how to ask her out on a date. (laughs) But falling in love is that way. Maybe we see somebody. Maybe we see someone in the crowd and we say to ourselves, that's the one for me. But what if they don't reciprocate that feeling? What if you express your interest? Hey, I want to get to know you better. Can we go out for a cup of coffee? Can we have dinner? Can we go for a walk? Can we just sit here and talk to each other and see if there's something here? Well, they get a vote. Maybe they don't look at you and say the same, feel the same, think the same. Or maybe they do give you the opportunity. And they say, yeah, prove that you're worthy of my trust. Prove yourself worthy of of my faith in you that this is going to go somewhere. That your interest in me is more than just skin deep. It's more than just, oh, there's a hot chick or there's a guy that's kind of handsome and sexy. I think I want to fool around with him. Maybe have a one-night stand, maybe go on a trip, do some exciting stuff. But long-term, I'm not convinced. Other people have to prove to us that they are worthy of our trust, worthy of our faith. So it's easy to say, for example, amen to God, to faith. It's easy to post memes on social media that express our faith, that express our personal philosophy, our morals, our ethics. It's easy to call someone brother or sister. That's easy. They're just words. And maybe they're words spoken when we're in a heightened emotional state. And at that time, we were completely convinced of the truth of the words. But then after the fact, when the emotions died down, we weren't in the same place anymore. So it's easy to it's easy to give way to those emotions and to make exclamations, amen, brother, sister. But it's also easy then, once those emotions subside, to go the other way and move away on a different path and search for other brothers and sisters, search for other gods, search for other personal philosophies. When the path gets dark and we find ourselves alone for the most part, when we are in an emotionally dark place, it's easy to move away from our brothers and sisters, our true brothers and sisters, who have proven themselves trustworthy and faithful, loyal. It's easy to move away from God and to view our relation to our God as one that is arbitrary and capricious, given more to chance than to faithfulness. But when things are dark, when times get dark, when there's discord, strife, and conflict in our society, in our neighborhoods, in our, in our families, in our homes, at our churches, in our schools, at our place of business, when times are dark and there's a lot of discord, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people casting accusations and making demands, it can feel really lonely when you are the one holding yourself to a particular standard of moral behavior or a standard of love even and kindness and forgiveness, mercy, compassion. 
feels like lately all I do is struggle to not express my two, my true feelings to people, to not fly off the handle, to not rant and rave, to not get in other people's faces and threaten them or just do something that I know I'm going to regret after my emotions die down. But walking around for eight months, having to control my emotions, not allowing myself to speak my mind, not pulling back the veil on what's going on behind my face or what's going on behind my ribcage in my heart. It can be exhausting because so many other people don't hold back. They don't filter themselves. They don't speak with compassion and kindness. They don't have any desire. In fact, they have an almost religious zeal and an almost religious righteousness about how right they are and how wrong you are so that anything that they say or do to you is justified which is the ultimate in dehumanization, is to put yourself as an individual or as a group in a position that you are absolutely righteous and anyone who disagrees with you is absolutely evil and unrighteous. That's the danger of religious zealotry in any religious form, whether it be a church, a cult, a group, whatever it might be. Religious zeal is particularly dangerous if it doesn't have borders if it doesn't have checks and balances, if it doesn't have other people around you to keep you in check and say, hey, I get where you're coming from. I understand why you're upset. And if it were up to me, absolutely, we'd go and we'd do by these people as they have done by us. But that's not the standard. That's not the line that we hold ourselves to. We're not, we're not going to compromise. We're not going to cross that line. If others choose to cross that line, we'll deal with that when it happens. But we're not going to do that. Because then we become like the enemy. We become no better than them. As Marcus Aurelius said, the best revenge is to not become like your enemy. And yet we see the temptation constantly to descend into that darkness where our enemy dwells, to be tempted to follow their path, to burn hot and bright and quickly. But yet, even though we know that they're also quickly consumed and that their zeal is, is quickly consumed, the temptation to strike fast and hard, to exact our revenge on those who have done us wrong, it's strong. It's a strong emotional pull. And if we choose not to follow that path, then it will definitely feel like the way that we're on is dark and lonely because there's very few people along that path. Because so many give in to the temptation to act unfaithfully, to be disloyal to their own standards of ethics and morality. But that's a pine needle fire. Burns hot, burns fast, burns quick. And then afterwards, what are you left with except regret? Why'd I allow myself to fall victim to that temptation? Why did I do what I knew was bad for me? Why did I say those things that I can't walk back? Why did I allow myself to get tangled up with those people when I knew what was going to happen? And then in the end, I was the only person that was truly going to be hurt by what I did. It's easy to say amen when you're in church on Sunday, surrounded by other believers. It's easy to call someone brother or sister in the moment when you're sharing something together and you're both emotionally jacked up. When the endorphins are flowing and the dopamine's dropping, it's easy to love each other. But what about when times are tough? What about when we fall or stumble and we need someone to show up for us and help us and carry us 
What then? Where is that brother or sister who seemed so faithful, seemed so trustworthy at the time? Where are they now? When times are good, when you're winning, it's easy to find a friend. It's easy to find an ally. But when you are on your face in the dirt, when you have fallen, when you are weak, when you are vulnerable, that's when you find out who your true friends are. When you are defeated, when you've lost, and all of those former allies and friends are mocking you or they've turned their backs on you, or maybe they've gone over and joined the person who did defeat you, and now they're singing that person's praises. It's the people that are there with you after all of that is said and done. When the lights are off, when you're not on stage anymore, you're not on the mat or the cage, you're not in the ring, no one's paying attention. Who's still with you? Who's still there? That's your brother and sister. Those are the ones who are truly loyal. Those are the ones who are trustworthy. And in fact, to light a pine needle fire takes almost no effort whatsoever. It kind of catches of its own. But to light an oak log fire, it takes time. You have to tend to it. It's not, it doesn't ignite in a quick burst of flame. It builds steady, slowly, but then the fire will last throughout the night. So our relationship with God, our relationship with our, our spiritual fathers, our earthly fathers, those who came before us, who we reflect upon, who we, we read and listen to in order to gain wisdom and understanding about what's happening in the present, those who are around us now, these all take time and effort and faith to trust that they are going to take us where we need to go. They're going to take us along the good path. Yeah, maybe it is dark. Maybe it is lonely, but it's good. And we'll be better for it, having stuck to the path, having held the line. Faith isn't easy for anybody. We live in a world that is not fair. It is unjust. And it is easy to be taken advantage of by others, with or without our consent. So it is hard to build a strong faith. It is hard to find people who will draw out that kind of strong faith from us. It's hard to believe in God, any God, let alone a good and gracious God. It's not easy for any of us. It's not natural for any of us to have a strong faith right out of the gate. You have to engage and interface every day with the object of faith. Every day. You got to read your Bible every day. You got to pray every day. You got to interface with God every day. You have to communicate with those whom you love every day. You got to show up for those people every day. Not just when they're doing well, not just when they're doing poorly, all the time. So that whether they're doing well or poorly, it doesn't matter. You're just there. You're always there. Faith is built on a sense of permanence. And if we don't live it, if we don't embody it every day, then those relationships, our faith will burn like a pine needle fire. Quick, fast, and then it's gone. And then every day we grow in faith. We get stronger every day because we put that faith to the test by putting those who are the objects of our faith to the test. We put God to the test. Not in the sense of 
I dare you to prove that you're not their God. Don't test God. <laughs> but rather, okay, God, according to my spiritual fathers, according to our ancestors, this is what you did. This is what you said. So according to your word, according to your promises, keep your word. Keep your promises to your people. Keep your word and promises to me. Prove that you are worthy of my trust. We do the same thing in our relationships. I do it with my spouse. My children do it to me. I do it at the gym with my teammates and my coaches. How do I test them? I show up and I interface with them and I engage and I learn and I fail and I'm taught and I put that teaching into practice and I embody their teaching. And if their teaching is good, if their teaching is legit, then it will work. And I'll recognize that it works. And I'll recognize that they're teaching me correctly. And I'll recognize that I'm growing. And therefore, my faith in them is legit. It's, test, it's justified. And therefore, I will put more faith in them. And my faith in them will grow the longer that I do what I do and the longer that they coach me. A faithful preacher isn't faithful once a week on Sunday morning. A faithful preacher is faithful all the time, 24-7, 365. A faithful partner is faithful all the time. Sickness, health, death, life, rich, poor, doesn't matter. They're always there. And if they're not, they're not worthy of your trust. They're not faithful. They're not loyal. And do you want to live the rest of your life or at any length of time with someone who's throwing pine needles on the fire of your relationship when you are bringing oak logs to the fire. We don't need relationships that burn hot and fast and quick. Those don't help us grow. They don't better us as people. We don't need gods who burn hot, fast, and quick. They're here today, but gone tomorrow. Same thing with false preachers and false prophets. Same thing with false teachers in any vocation of life. False martial arts teachers are the worst because they're essentially cult leaders. They burn hot, fast, and quick. They want your money. They want your devotion. They want to steal glory for themselves, even though they haven't earned it and they've proven themselves to be trustworthy. Why? Because they've replaced trust with lies. They replaced technique that works with nonsense. And then when pushed, what do they say? Well, you don't have enough faith. Well, you just don't believe the right things. Well, you weren't in the right state of mind. Your chi wasn't aligned correctly for this to work. Really? Brazilian jiu-jitsu works all the time. Muay Thai works all the time. Wrestling works all the time. If it doesn't work all the time, how can you claim it's a legitimate combat martial art? How can you claim it's a leg legitimate martial art Marshall, Mars, the god of war. Marshall, war. If I can't use this fighting technique in a war, what good is it? Except as an expression, an artistic expression. Fine, it's an artistic expression, great. But don't teach it. Like, so, like this is self-defense that's going to protect me in a, in a situation because guess what? I put my belief in you. I put my trust in you. You are the object of my faith. So I listen and I learn from you. And then when I put the technique you showed me into practice, I got my ass handed to me. I got put in the hospital. I got stabbed. I got shot. And what are you going to say? Well, it's your fault because you didn't apply the technique correctly. You weren't prepared to use that technique in the street. 
they're going to blame you, which again is a sign that they're not worthy of your trust. They're false teachers. Anybody you're in relationship with, personal, professional, if they blame you when something goes wrong, if they look at you and go, well, it's your fault because you didn't do it the way I told you, you didn't apply the technique the way that I taught you to apply it. Well, how can you blame me for this? It was your fault you chose to do this. They're not trustworthy. They're not faithful. They're not loyal. Here's what loyalty sounds like. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What can I do? What can I do for you? Do you need me to admit that I messed up? I messed up. I'm sorry. Forgive me, please. What can I do to make this right? Is there anything I can do to make it right? I'll do that. I'll make it right. I want to earn back your trust. I want to do right by you. I want to prove to you that I'm worthy of your faith. That's the kind of person you want. That's an oak fire. You know, we live in a time currently, everyone's talking loudly. Everyone's yelling. I posted on Instagram this morning, the cowardly dog barks the loudest. Weak people talk the loudest. And going by what I see on social media and in the mainstream, what I see in actually everyday life and interpersonal engagements, there are far more weak people in our society than there are strong people. Because everyone's yelling and everyone's pointing fingers and nobody wants to take responsibility for their part in what's happening. We have bad mayors, immoral governors, bankrupt federal politicians. Well, somebody voted for them. Rather than blame the politicians for our problems, why don't we look at ourselves and take responsibility for the fact that we elected them and then vote them out. We want to blame police for police brutality, but we don't want to take responsibility for how we raise our children. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to believe in God because that priest, that minister, that pastor, we think he's full of it. Well, do you hold him accountable for what he says? Do you hold him accountable for his preaching? Or do you just get up and walk out and say, to hell with this, what's the point? I've seen so many people over the years, as a former atheist myself, I can, I can definitely sympathize seen so many people over the years confuse the building on the corner and the man in the pulpit with God as if they're one and the same. And they're not. Just because you have a shitty jujitsu teacher doesn't negate the effectiveness of jujitsu. And just because you have a bad pastor doesn't negate the reality that there's a God. Perhaps for us who hold the line, who hold ourselves to a different standard, carrying the weight of those oak logs through life, so to speak, because we know those logs are going to burn long. They're going to be hot. It's going to be steady. It's something that's dependable. It's a heavy burden to want that, to want something that is steady, strong, dependable, because everybody else is just carrying around pockets full of pine needles. They just want something that burns hot, fast, and quick, something that satisfies in the moment but then they're left shivering out in the dark after that. Well, we tend to our fire. Are they going to come and join us? Well, no, of course not, because of guilt and, and of shame. We're going to be vilified and demonized for taking a different path, for choosing to tend our fire, so to speak, different than the masses, ignoring the mob, and being a person of faith, 
being a person of moral standards, holding the line. We live in a time when everyone is talking loudly, but nobody is saying much. And so the Habamal, as I read it anyways, it's an encouragement. Be thoughtful. Take times to be quiet. When you're driving around in the car, turn off the podcast, turn off the music, and just be alone with your thoughts. When you're out for a walk, or just go for a walk and be alone with your thoughts. Sit, meditate, do yoga, stretch, whatever. Just do it alone for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Just be alone with your thoughts. Let your thoughts roam. Be silent. Shut out all the noise, even the noise of your own thinking. So be thoughtful. Be silent. Reflect on. Reflect on your faith or lack thereof. Reflect on the people around you who are worthy of your trust or not. Reflect on those who seem to only care about you when you're on, at your worst or at your best. And why do you allow those people in your lives? Be silent. Be thoughtful. Reflect on your faith. Reflect on your beliefs and your standards. And be ready to fight for what you believe in then when, you're ne- when it's necessary. If we take the time to be quiet and think through what we believe in our presuppositions, if we take the time to reflect on who is around us and who has the greatest influence on the way that we think and act, then when it comes time to say, this is a good relationship or this is a bad job, or you know what, I don't think this actually works in real life. I'm going to go find a different teacher. Then we'll know why, because we've taken the time to think and we're not acting on pure emotion. Then, instead of those pine needles that burn out quickly, instead we'll have those oaken logs that burn long and slow, low and slow, my favorite kind of smoking. Smoke that meat low and slow. Let your faith, let your relationships, let your thoughts and your actions burn long and slow. But let them burn, so to speak. So that falling in love, falling in love with God, falling in love with a spouse or a partner, falling in love with the job, falling in love with your teammates, it's not something that's just here today but gone tomorrow. But instead it's something that will carry through day after day after day. So that even when there's eight inches of snow on the ground like there is right now for me, and the thought of going out in the cold and driving 45 minutes to the gym, not very appealing. It's just not very appealing. But I'm going to go because I love it. And I love the people I train with and I love my coaches. I love everything about it. I love learning. I love getting tapped. I love it. And I'll do anything to maintain that lifestyle. But I didn't come to that all at once. It took time. And my coaches had to prove that they were trustworthy. And jujitsu and Muay Thai had to prove that it was trustworthy. Everything draws faith out of me. My God drew faith out of me when I was an atheist. My coaches drew faith out of me when I knew nothing about the technique. My teammates drew faith out of me by proving that they're trustworthy and they're not going to hurt or injure me. 
It's okay to withhold judgment. It's okay to withhold your decision until someone proves that they're worthy of your trust and faith. It's okay to be quiet and listen. It's okay to not always have to have an answer ready at hand. It's okay to reflect. It's okay to fight for what you believe in and not wait for permission. Because when the pine needle fires burn out all around you so that you're surrounded by darkness and it seems like you're the only one, your fire will continue to burn because you'll have your faith. You'll have your thoughts and you'll have the courage to be alone and to give a testimony about your faith. That's all I got today. I'm keeping it short. I got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So I will spare you another 15 to 30 minutes of ruminating. Thanks as always for listening to the podcast. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for supporting the podcast financially. Trust me, it really, really helps both the podcast and everything that's developing out of the podcast. And uh, thanks for sharing the podcast with our people. You know, the feedback has been truly humbling. It's weird to get feedback from people and to tell you they really enjoyed the podcast. That's awesome. I'm talking to a microphone in an empty office. That's how I think. I think out loud. So when someone's like, hey, I listen to the show. I love it. I'm like, oh, really? People listen to this? That's awesome. So thank you. Thank you as always. And we'll talk to you again on Sunday. Peace.